situations, we have a terrain and a geography that our life as an action figure is going to have to travel over. Yes? You're going to get into old age if you're lucky, maybe illness, maybe this, maybe that, maybe a girlfriend who you really love or a boyfriend's going to leave you for no apparent reason. Things like that can happen here. It's not about, oh, that's never going to happen now. Yeah, I'm done. I'm never going to be in fear. The, the thing is, is who you think you are has never been in fear. Part of, quote-unquote, being in fear, which you don't see, is the idea of being a someone who's in fear. Yeah? See, we don't see that the sense or the feeling of being a someone who's in fear is the verb. We believe that the verb is I'm, I'm the noun, and the verb is being in fear. That's the mind's interpretation. What there is, is a verb of selfing called I, a someone, a Paul, a self. Yes, self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yes, an action figure, a body. Yes, that's what the mind presents as us. So it presents a self, a self, yeah, and a self having fear is one event. It's not a self, a noun, that's real, having fear. Yes? It's us self having fear is the fear. Yeah? Us self having fear is the verb. That's the selfing. The mind says, I am a noun. I am real. I am substantial. I am solid. And there's a verb called fear that's attacking me or I'm occupied by it or it's threatening me. Yes? That's a totally different take than seeing the verb of selfing, which is a sense of being a you having fear. Yeah? That's one piece. That's one piece of an endless piece of streaming life. What we do, what the mind does, is sticks a noun in all these places. It separates the verb of living and sticks a noun in there and says, life's happening to me. Yeah? And then how life is happening gets incredibly interpreted. It's been, it, it's been give, it is given a lot of meaning that it inherently does not have. Yeah? And that is the meaning comes from or derives from the to you. Life is happening to you. Then that life that's happening to you is a lot of, it's, a, it's, a, it's been tattooed by the idea of being a you. So you're going to think it's a real, solid, objectified thing that's imposing itself on you. But the meaning you're giving it has a lot to do with its wallop. A lot to do with it. So if you want to travel lighter here, in a sense, is not, it's difficult to change the terrain of your life. Yes? What's going to happen? Or what, especially what happened. Yeah? But the thing is, let's say if you have a week. And you have 12 problems that week. Yeah? Then you have another week where you have 5 problems. Yeah? Then you have another week and you have 15 problems. Then you have one week you only have one problem. So out of 52 weeks, maybe you come with 500 problems for that year. Yeah? 10 years, that's 5,000 something problems. 50 years, that's 50,000 things. But there's only one you that's having them all. All of those problems, no matter how, from one to a million, they'll always be in relationship to one. You. You, 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 you. That's where the change is needed, is in that, is in this you. 
Because you'll see that this you and the thousands or the one or the millions of problems are in relation. They're symbiotic. Yes, the, the idea of being a you is giving a lot of meaning to those things that are appearing to be problems to you. Yes? Because something that, it's just simple, simple. You see something, this is a problem to me. I'm not feeling well Monday. Yeah, it's a problem, let's say. Tuesday, I'm feeling great, it's not a problem. Wednesday, yes, I'm feeling bad, it's a problem. Or something is incredibly heavy on me, I share it with someone else, it's not heavy on them. It's not heavy to them. No matter how heavy it is to me, because to them it doesn't seem to be happening to them. Yes? So there's an immunity to the suffering of another, in a sense, because it's not you. Well, the suffering that you're having can be used the same way. If that's not you, you'll get some relief from it also. Now, if you don't want the relief, that's also part of the suffering. That's fine. But the point is, it's very clear to see that you and I, as a you or as an I, give a lot of meaning to everything. So no matter what stream of life that we're in and what ports and destinations we arrive at, be it, quote, good or bad, when we get off to that, into that seeming reality, we're bringing a lot of the meaning to it, yes? And what the meaning is being distributed is from, either from the point of view of being a self, or freedom from that point of view, yes? Freedom from that point of view, let something else imagine a life for you, instead of your mind imagining a life for you, yeah? It's like letting something else much larger, much incomprehensible to our little pea brain, imagine a life for you, instead of you imagining your life all day, which becomes the same old, same old, and all it is is another identified outfit to wear, somehow or another. Yeah? Jeez. So like in recovery it says, the third step, turning your will and your life over to the care of a power greater than yourself. Yes? Of your own understanding. Now, hopefully, in recovery, I think everyone is in recovery here, there's, the steps are also progressive, also. And hopefully, there'll be a progressiveness into realizing that I don't want a God of my own understanding. I want a God of its own understanding, yes? I don't want to imagine what God's like. I want to recognize what God, what God imagines me to be. I want to find out, by living, what God imagines me to be. Not what my mind imagines me to be. I'd much rather find out God's mind imagining me. Yes? I can't know it as this, but I can find out as this. Yeah? Knowing it as this would superimpose or, or put the fact that I'm a self that's going to know something. That's not knowing that energy. That's not knowing that modality. It's when you recognize I'm not this idea of being a self, then you're accessing that modality, and then you'll find out what you actually are. Just like that guy may find out his whole role here is to take care of two wolves. Now, in his head, it's not that way. I should be getting married. I should be living here. But he can't move anywhere else. He's in Sonoma. He's got two wolves. Yeah? Same thing you're here. Oh, I've got this giant agenda. And then you get in recovery and then you realize maybe my whole job is to help other people recover from alcoholism and other disease. Holy cow! I thought my job was to get and arrive and do this. It may be, but you may find out it's different than what you thought. Yeah? And so you find out what, how God imagines you. And there are many, 
that juice, whatever it is, how it imagines you is a lot larger than how you imagine you. I'm telling you, a lot larger. I mean big time different. And I'll tell you, the, this is a booby prize knowing who you are. To find out what you're not is beautiful. Yeah? And to find out... It's like going to look for a car and you see and you find two wolves. You know, it's that's what happens at times. You believe everyone in the world would would vote that you're in a terrible situation, but you may be beaming with joy in that quote unquote terrible situation. Because in a sense, that energy, yes, overrides the circumstances and situations. This energy is complicit with the circumstances and situations. It's giving the circumstances all the meaning they have. Yes? It's not overriding one bit the circumstances, situations. All it is is interpreting them. But this modality overrides the circumstances and situations, and you get an interpretation that would never have come from your conditioned mind. Yeah? You see it. It's, it expresses itself as you, through you, in life. Yeah? You find out. You give up this bogus security of knowing, and you find out. Yeah? So... It's not like there is no fear. You want to say, ultimately, there is no fear. But in our experience here, there seems to be a lot of fear. Just like Buddha said, events happen. So an event in your life could be fear. Yeah? Deeds are being done. Yeah? But there's no individual doer thereof. You see? It's not saying there's no deeds and no events. It's saying there's no individual doer of those deeds or events. Yes? It's not... It's not saying no to what's appearing. It's saying no, not even saying no. It's asking you to question what is believed for this stuff to be appearing to. That's all. Just ask who is this, what is this appearing to? It doesn't say change the appearance. It has no opinion if you're worried about next week or not. You do. <laughs> Your head does. It doesn't. It's just asking who is it that's worried about next week. It doesn't say don't worry about next week. It has no freaking opinion on that. It says, ask who it is. Yes? Very gentle approach. Just turn your attention out here, in here, and see, is there a Paul? Buddha did it himself. And he said, he said I looked, and there's no self. There's no long-lasting, independent separity. Separately, that was his realization. Anatta, non-self. He sat there. Back then, there was the belief of the permanent self, the one that was traveling through bodies, or what we call a soul now, and going through lives to improve itself, to get to a great life where it was really super, just as you think you are. Buddha said, there is none. There is no transmigration. There's no soul going from one body to another. Yeah? It's just events are happening, deeds are being done, and there's no individual doer thereof. But there is a sense of witnessing, yes? There is an awareness. There is a context which everything is happening in. Yeah? And that context never deviates from its nature. It's always context. It never becomes content. Never. Never. It's always context. Awareness. If you could go back after you think of all the things that happened that day in 1988 or 94, if you could strip it down to the bare essentials, there was just an awareness of that day at that moment. Just like there's an awareness in this moment in 2010, there'll be awareness in 2020 if you're here. And the basic, the basic bottom line of life is the awareness of it. Yeah. It's the awareness. And I would say that that that's been more here than you have in your own life. 
It's, I would say if you wanted to see which one's been here the longest and the most, I would say it's awareness. I would say you're actually the awareness, not what's appearing in it. Yeah? I would say you're the light, not the camera box that projects the light. Without the light, there would be no pictures. The camera wouldn't do a damn thing. But it needs light. Yes? I would say we are that light. Which to me, if you entertain it, translates as traveling lighter here. And so I've been traveling so heavy. It's not saying anything about what's going on at all. It's not saying you shouldn't be having this reaction. It's saying there's never one who had the reaction. It doesn't mean there's no reaction. It says there hasn't been a one who had the reaction. Yeah? We're, a lot of people are trying to cut it off here. There is no reaction. There's no reaction. It's just a form of denial. It's like another form of disassociation. They entertain this message as another mental strategy. I'm just going to disassociate from the things that bother me. Yeah? I'm going to deny the things that bother me. I'm going to sit there and my girlfriend says, why did you do that? I'll say, there's no me that did it. And like this, it'll get me out of situations. It's all baloney. It's being, it's being cut too early. That whole activity of you thinking you're having fear or you thinking you don't have fear is the verb of selfing. Both are the verb of selfing. Yes? The one who thinks it has the fear and the one who thinks he got over the fear, both, that's both selfing. Yeah? It doesn't mean there isn't getting over fear, but there's never a someone who did it. There's never a someone who did the fear, and there's no, never a someone who got out of the fear. That's the, that's the stable state. If not, you're going to be in and out all the time, and who's going to tell you when you're in fear, and who's going to tell you when you're out of fear? Self! Your head is going to inform you, isn't it? Well, how else are you going to be informed on it? Could you really look and say if this was a good day? How could? What are the what are the gauges to manage, to say what's a good day? When I was a drug addict, it did good days when I got some coke. Now I would say, as a recovered person, that would be a bad day if I did some coke. Yeah. What I would measure a good day was to, so is there anything that's authentically good or bad, or is it all subjective? Yeah. And what subjectifies the experience? So it's now playing God all over the place, telling, <laughs> telling a story about you getting over something that you were succumbing to before. Neither of them are true. You, didn't, you weren't succumbing to anything, nor did you get over anything. Yeah? There's never been a one. Because all you are, in a sense, the, the all-influential everything context is, you're, like Jesus says, you're in this world of activities and deeds and events, but you're not of it. Yeah? It doesn't mean there's no deeds or events. That's a world of deeds and events. But there is no singular one. That's doing it. That's the freedom. How can you have freedom from guilt and shame? How can you have freedom from guilt and shame if you believe that you're the doer of your actions? There's going to be some actions, even today, that you'll find was probably not a good thing for you to do. Yeah? You'll be cooking up guilt and shame every freaking day. If you live in a saintly life, your mind could still find something that you did that was off. Because you have an idea, what a saint should or shouldn't do, which is totally made up. Yeah. In recovery.
recovery, it says quit playing God. The whole point of the whole program is to quit playing God. Yeah? Why? Because it doesn't work. How are you going to quit playing God unless you recognize what's playing God? If you don't recognize what's trying to play God, when you try to quit playing God, that's playing God. <laughs> self can't get out of self. How can self, if he's playing God, get out of self? There'll be another God that got out of the self of God, and then that God will get out of the self of God and that God. It goes on and on and on and on. The solution is the back door. I'm not that. I'm not that which plays God. Hallelujah. Because then my juice, which is God-like, is retracted from its play. Yeah. So its movie before was Technicolor, Panavision, had the audience of one totally into it, now becomes grainy and black and white. Because my juice, my belief in it has been taken out. Yeah, it's not my belief, but that's the language, subjective language. The belief in it has been taken out, has been extracted. Now what seemed to be so convincing isn't convincing. That false evidence that was appearing real isn't appearing real anymore. What happened? Did the evidence change? No, it's been false the whole time. It didn't change. The quote-unquote, the idea of being a you changed. False evidence appearing real. So obviously the statement is most of the evidence of the mind is false. It may be based on some kernel of truth of something that's happening, but then it takes off with it, yeah? So false evidence. False evidence appearing real. Does that mean it's real? It says it appears real. Who does it appear real to? Everyone? That would be called real evidence if it did. No, it appears real to you. Yeah? False evidence appears real. In other words, the mind here has a role in false evidence appearing real. False evidence just doesn't appear real. It can only appear real to a you. See? To a you. In other words, as soon as you, instead of being the verb, become a noun, then false evidence can appear real to you. As soon as the verbing, selfing, 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 living, 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 you know, feeling, 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 seeing, hearing, tasting, all that going on, yes? When that's going on, yes, and in that midst of stream, the mind is presenting false evidence, but for, it has no reality except when it appears to a you. Yeah? It's just part of the stream, false evidence, but it, it says false evidence in that fear, the acronym in AA is false evidence appearing real. The appearing real is based on you. Yeah. So the you is the noun, the pseudo-noun that has no foundation to be a noun. It's a verb also. When it's seen to be a verb, false evidence doesn't appear real. <laughs> needs it to you to appear real to. Yes? You see? False evidence, for it to appear real, something that's witnessing it or seeing it must be ignorant of it, yeah? which causes it to appear real to that. This is when our awareness has been wedded, yes? Attention and interest has been wedded to the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So now... The false evidence that I'm a personal doer can appear real to me. And the whole basis of your story is that. And where does all guilt and shame rest? If it was the only branch guilt and shame can rest is on personal doership. If you weren't the doer of the action, would you have guilt and shame over it? No fucking way. 
That's the whole solution in the first step. No one, well, I don't know how white people are doing it. It says you're powerless over alcohol. So all that guilt and shame that you have about what you did when you were under alcohol, it's like you were dancing with a gorilla. You stop when it wants to stop. You had no say in what happened. Once you put the fuel in, especially if you're a long-term user, you were just going to be a total expression of alcoholism. You had no power in that. Then why, after you get recovered from it, you have guilt and shame for the behavior? Because the real, the, in, the underlying disease hasn't been looked at, which is obsession or identification itself. And it's not drinking. It's managing. Look at the first step. Power over alcohol and drugs, let's say, and it has, and, and my life became unmanageable. It sort of sounds like the drinking and using caused the unmanageability, doesn't it? When you read the first step, it says, alcohol, my, my being powerless over alcohol and, and uh, drugs caused my life to be unmanageable. So, yeah. But then if you go to how it works, and they go to that A, B, and C at the end, these three pertinent facts you've got to be convinced of. The first one is that we are alcoholics and that we cannot manage our own lives. That's totally different than the first step. It says we're alcoholics, yeah? That's nothing to do with drinking, alcoholic, alcoholism, yes? And we cannot manage our own lives. And it says this, these three pertinent points will be, you will get convinced of them before and after sobriety, yeah? So you stop drinking, but the real root of the problem continues, which is managing. I'm not having any trouble not drinking and using you know, through all these years. But the, the mind's desire to manage is still healthy, yes? It still wants to control, it still wants to figure things out, it still wants to know, which is another form of managing. That's the incessant disease. That's why the third step is about turning one's will and life over to the care of something else. Because that's where the managing is most seen, is in the will, which has been claimed by self, so it's self-will, and the life. So my attempting to manage makes life unmanageable. Hallelujah, what a solution. Check it out. Yeah, that's the real root of the problem, is managing. That's the one we're dealing with in the 20th year of sobriety, or the 10th year of sobriety, or the 30th year of sobriety. Most of them aren't drink, dealing with drinking and using. They haven't drank and used for 20-something years. They're dealing with this still managing. The mind is still playing God. And if they're identified as an, as an idea of mind, which is self, then they are playing God. They are playing God because they're identified with what's playing God. Yeah? And it's very hard for God to quit playing God. <laughs> it likes to be God. Yeah. <laughs> you see? Yeah? It's so beautifully clear if you look at it. And then, okay, now I've recognized, now I've gotten a very good diagnosis of what I'm suffering from. Yes? So instead of thinking I have a flu and tell, talking to everyone about flus and taking medicine with other people about the flu and sitting at a flu retreat, we recognize it's a freaking cold. The simple solution is available. See if it's not so. Are you attempting to manage today? Is your head still managing? You haven't had a drink in five years, but the head's still trying to manage? There's the disease. The drinking was one of its solutions. <laughs> it was. That was my solution to life. Life was overwhelming me. I got drunk. And I got some relief. Then I said, I want more relief. I start shooting dope. After a while, that stopped bringing me relief, but I was already hooked, calling and sinker into it. The deal was, the contract was fulfilled. I was now an expression of alcoholism. And the only reason why I got sober is why I was still alive. I was alive. I stayed alive long enough to get to the point where I was convinced 
and some grace showed up that this was a done deal. It was a race. I could have been dead easily. There was no grace or virtue on my part. I was just a perfect expression of alcoholism, and now something else is expressing me, through me, yeah? Expressing as me. And it's not alcoholism. What are you but an opportunity for something to express itself through? Different energies. And there's a spiritual, if you want to call it a spiritual energy, that's available. It's everywhere at all times. But it's very difficult to access as a self because self is playing God then. And the only way you really access that juice is by surrendering. When you give up, like St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. It's when you die to the self that you're reborn. There's a certain bit of a requirement. If your faith is in the thoughts and the ideas of self, you're going to live under that realm. If you can see that I'm not that, you'll be open to another realm. Life will look different to you. And the proof's in the pudding. You just... You really know the problem by the solution. You really do. When you recognize when there's a... When the grace hits and some of the solution breaks over you, you'll know the real problem. It's not obsessing with self, it's identification with self. Obsessing with self is just what the mind does to reinforce the identification. That's all it does. All selfing is going on to produce a sense of being a noun, a self. That's its job, yes? And when you're taking yourself to be that, you're the, you're the gravity that's holding all the thoughts in orbit. The thoughts are not attacking you. Yes? You're sucking them in. Because the same thoughts, if they were happening in my head and I saw them as yours, I, they'd have no effect on me. But because the same thoughts are seen as yours and about you, they have a huge effect on you. Yeah? They don't have an effect on what you really are. No matter how many stones are thrown in this pond of context, if no ripple is ever made. If you go back, the same sense of presence will be there when you were third, four years old, when you're 90. You may have a different feel of it because this is unique expression, but the sense of this, that sameness will always be so. Yeah? Consciousness, awareness, spirit, whatever you want to call it. You don't need anyone to bring it to you because right now you are it. You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. What's allowing that to occur is your consciousness. Yeah? Can you find consciousness? Is it a, a form? Can you put it on a mantle? No, it's of a spiritual nature, yes? That's the spiritual solution. It's wake up to the fact that you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That I don't know what the hell I am. And in fact, that desire to know drops. Because it's impossible to know what you are because you are it. There's no way the eye can turn around and see itself. It's impossible. No matter how much it looks, it's never going to see itself. It can't turn and see itself. Because it's, it's the thing that's turning, yeah? <laughs> it would have to be two to see another eye. There's only so every time it turns, it's not there. <laughs> so every time you go looking for you, you'll never find it. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's the whole point. Yeah. So no matter how insane my mind is, it's not me. No matter how wonderfully clean, beautiful and clear it is, it's not me. That's the solution. Not picking and choosing which ones you want to be and ones you don't want to be. That's the fruit of mind. That's the dualistic fruit. I want to be a good self. Yeah. Doesn't work. So, this isn't a belief. 
It isn't. It's a simple entertaining. Hopefully it never leads to a belief. Hopefully it just, it's, you'll see it by finding out. You'll see that you're traveling lighter than you did before. And by those things, it'll intimate, yes, its nature to what you call you, to that ignorant, conditional head. Yeah? And then what happens is, when that gets to a point of convincing, when it, it's a done deal. So no matter what the mind presents or tries to hook you with, there's still a pause and you see it. Yes? And, when, and there's a sense of seeing something that I must not be that which I see. It's just a sense that comes with it after a while, yeah? When you see the head presenting you, you know, holographing you, projecting you, when you see it, there's a sense sooner or later that I must not be that, because yeah? I'm seeing it. Yeah? I must be what's seeing it. Now, I can't see what's seeing it, but I definitely sense the seeing of it. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So. so when something is really, really affecting or very powerful, of course, I can, the only way I can say it with language is this, it's affecting you, yeah? That you has a lot to do with the effect, again. I'm just saying, you can't change maybe what's going on, but you can at least look, if you like, who is it going on to. And you may have a whole different look on it without changing a damn thing. It's not about, oh, I'm not, I don't believe I can be affected by things. That's all baloney. It's all philosophy that's trying to be like a, a very weak dike keeping back a huge river. Yeah? You can't use mind to get out of mind. You can't have self talk itself out of self. Yes? It's a recognition, I'm not that, that drops you out of the system. And then you get some new power flowing in. Like it says in recovery, you'll feel a new power flow in. And that new flower is the demonstration that you've met something greater than self. Yeah. And then perhaps there's a better way. Then your life is like a progression of leaving this failed system of reliance on self and moving towards a workable system which is relying on the infinite. And of course, your life and you are going to be an expression of that transfer. Like in The Course in Miracles says, you're going to dream yourself out of this place. And the dream's going to get happier as you do it. That's, exact that's a beautiful expression. And it fits with my experience here. Yeah? You just dream yourself out of this place. It doesn't say no more dreams. It says dreams are going to happen, but you're going to dream out of it. feisty today, getting over this hernia thing. I've been talking to some people and by their shares I could say that it's getting construed or convoluted what I'm attempting to offer. And my job here in the seat assignment is if I can at least stand for what I believe I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, it's a subjective experience and you're going to do whatever you want with it, but if I have a say in the matter, I'm going to attempt to try to put it clearer and clearer because it's not what I'm hearing at times. It's not about, oh, I don't believe I, I'm, I have fear or anything. Yes, you fucking do. Because fear is arising. But there's no you. Is the difference. It's totally different. It's not like extinguishing all the fear with this super fire 
you know, thing that I found, this new philosophy. No, it's recognizing what's ever arising into mind's view, it's always going to imply a you it's arising too. Even when you can't figure something out, your mind will say, God must have done it. Just like when people can't realize, they say, why is all this suffering happening in this world? How could God do it? There's always got to be a doer every time we see a verb here. If there's something that happens, or we think it happened, then we have to, there had to be someone who had something to do with it, God, or the devil, or something like that. They can't just be seen a verb. It's just happening. The mind doesn't like that. It's very unsettling for it, to, because it's, it's one of its main premises of personal doership, or divine doership. Somehow, there's someone that's doing it. And yet, look at it. Some of the great, supposedly great masters that have shown up here have emphatically stated there isn't one. In Buddhism, there is no God. So there is no personal doer. Check out for yourself, but maybe you'll see how every time they're seen, I believe I'm the seer. Yeah, there's a feeling that I'm the seer, yes? I mean, the initial verbs of life is conscious contact. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Then you can add all the stories about what you saw and what you heard and all like this, yeah? But the basic raw information is seeing, yeah? hearing, smelling, feeling, tasting, yes? And then seeing thoughts, yeah? What happened, how do you feel when that verb of seeing occurs? Doesn't it feel like it's you seeing? Yeah? You're hearing? You're thinking? From the get-go, there's been a claiming of the activity of life and implanting a noun in it, saying, I'm the one that's doing it. Yeah? You, don't, you think it just stays there? It progresses. The whole interpretation is based on that. Yeah? It, t it claimed, that, let's say, the raw data of life, conscious contact, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, it claimed that, and then from there on, it claims everything else. Then he claims the right to have opinions about what I did or didn't do, and what have opinions about what they did, and you know that person really did something to me, and on and on, and it's this giant, giant mental realm of selfing going on, with tons of importance given to it, yes? And yet it all comes back to a simple premise of being the personal doer. Starting from the, the, the initial state of being conscious. When you were a baby, there was no sense of you, and you were, there was doing going on then. This was written into the story maybe after two or three years old. It's incredible, and we still believe it. It's mind-boggling. When we have an incredible evidence, every day you see a kid who's not like two, you know, oh, that's Ed. He has no idea he's Ed. I'm telling you, not one freaking clue that he's Ed nor one freaking clue that she's married. Yeah? They have no sense of being a singular, singular unit yet. That's all going to be indoctrinated. So we have our own life that has this period of two years that we have no memory of. Yeah? Because memory and self are totally in cahoots, yes? Without, without memory, there's no self. And without any self, in a sense, appearing, there won't be any memory. So you have no memory when you're like one years old, do you? I don't. Most people I've met don't. My earliest happened maybe three years old. It's a structure. It's a construction. Don't just, to me, as soon as I heard it was a structure, I wanted to step out. It's just my nature. Yeah? 
Just like when I realized I didn't have to go to school. I stopped going to school. <laughs> I mean, I believed that I had to go to school until one day it dawned on me, hey, do I really have to go to school? No, I quit school. <laughs> it didn't work out well, but it was that possibility. So if, I, if, some, if the message dawns on me, hey, this could possibly be made up somewhat, oh, I'm interested in checking that out because I'd like to walk and try out something else, maybe, yeah? I'd like to get on another ride. I'm sorry, this ride doesn't really do it for me anymore. Yeah? I mean, I thought it was, I thought this was real, this one little, you know, whatever you call it, thing that goes around and around. Ferris wheel. No, there's roller, you know, everything going on. Shit. I'm going to tell you another one that's very important. The self thing claims everything. Yes? Death one claims everything. That's one of its first movements. You have to check that out. This is a really important way. It's like getting clues about something that's stealing your life in a sense from. I would hate to say you because that's the language, but it's it's getting clues about the thief in your life. Yeah? It claims everything. It claims all the verbs, the seeing, the hearing, claims the body, claims your time, claims your life, claims your children, claims your money, claims your this, claims your that, claims your do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And it becomes an over, overly subjectified experience. Yeah? There's just so much meaning being given. And what we're trying to do is just skim a little bit of the cream off the top so that when money is held, it's held a little bit lighter than my money. Yes? When body is held, it's a li- held a little bit lighter than my body. When time is held, it's held a little bit lighter than my time. Yes? When a woman is your boy- girlfriend, it's held a little bit lighter than my girlfriend. You know? Because that, to me, has a lot of ideas in it. So this is the way you hold for me. Hold it. And I've seen the proof is in the pudding. I have the same thing that was called life before. The same shit happens. Mondays and Tuesdays are called Mondays and Tuesdays. And I have this, money, this and that. But I've been traveling lighter for a long period of time through it. Trace back your steps and see what, uh, you know, what's going on. The whole thing I saw is I finally knew the problem by the solution. I entertained a possibility I was not that, and some grace showed up, and it was like a big, and I'm not that. Fuck. This isn't like a conscription to go into an army you don't want to be in. It's not like punishment. If you like your life, go ahead and do it. If you like, if you really like worrying about things, if it gives you a sense of being a someone who's important, that these important things could possibly happen to you, then go ahead. This is no drafting or conscription. It's a simple invitation. If you're tired, if you actually are true and and honest about how unbearable it feels, well, this is a possibility of entertaining something new. And usually what will happen is you'll find if you're relying on self, self does not want to be free. It wants to want to be free. It has no intention of being free. It, will, it wants to look like it's free as a self, but it doesn't want to be free from self, no. No fucking way. Its whole system has got a provide a survival mechanism, self-preservation mechanism that's unbelievable. Yeah. It will blind you to a miracle that happened two hours ago, but it will illuminate a resentment that never even happened for forty years. It'll have a it'll have a you have the eternal flame in Judaism in front of a resentment, and all the uh, all the examples of, of miracles will be in the dark. <laughs> But oh, that person really fucked with me, 1988, you know. I, I, 
everything could have been different if that wouldn't have happened. Just like if I get, you know, I get hit by the car. The mind loves something like that. Everything would have been different if I didn't get hit by the car. You know what happens if you're in this head and you go like this? Everything could have really been different if I didn't get hit by the car. Yeah? You firmly believe that. Then you look and you see the evidence that you got hit by the car. Yeah? It makes the belief in that so fucking juicy. Yeah? Because now you think, really, everything could have been different, and of course you think it could have been better. You might have been dead the next day, shot out of the store, but you believe you're going to have a great life as an athlete or something or whatever. You know what I mean? You have this whole assumption, and it's not the mind's way of actually holding things, but it has a purpose because it creates exquisite suffering based on the condition you're actually in, which is with the accidents. Yeah? Because when you have something really good, it doesn't usually do that. It usually says, oh, this sucks, or this is going to end, you know, fuck it, this isn't what I really wanted. You've been wanting it for years, and it arrives, oh, this isn't what I really wanted. No, I just deny that, I don't want that. It's not the package I was looking for. You've got to see it. It's not a random thing. It has a, it has a theme. If something's going good, it tends to shorten it quickly. Starts worrying about it. When are they going to find out? I don't deserve this. When something's seemingly going bad, it goes, This could be a lifelong depression I'm entering. <laughs> Holy cow! Do you want that to be interpreting your life for you? Do you really want to live under that fucking slavery? That you're going to be acting like a fish on a line every time it tugs? You can be in Hawaii and it's worried. You can't, so you're there seemingly, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, but your mind is in its, what's not happening, and it overrides your ability to be here. Why? You're, how are you not going to be enslaved to mind if you're enslaved to an idea of it? How can you not be enslaved to mind if you're enslaved to an idea of it? It's presenting the sense of being a you. If you're, if you're, identified with that, enslaved to the idea of being a you, you are naturally going to be enslaved to its products. Yes? You're, you're, not, you're not going to be easily be able to say no to it if you don't say no to this. I'm telling you. You're going to take false evidence appearing real all freaking day. You'll be taking pills to get over anxieties about what's not happening and get an addiction now. <laughs> Why did you start taking the pills? I was worried about what wasn't happening. Oh, very good idea. That's good. But now something is happening. What's that? Your addiction to the relief from what's not happening. Oh, fuck. And now you're going to go to, you know, an institution for five years because of that addiction. And that's going to be happening. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> what was the real solution? It's not happening. You want a real solution to what's not happening? It's not happening. Oops, it's not happening. But, no, it's not happening. Well, it's not happening. But it could, no, it's not happening. I think it's going, no, it's not happening, is it? It's not happening now. Isn't it, don't you feel that pause? It creates a pause, yeah? That pause is your immunity. You know, we have a pause in recovery, the serenity prayer. That's a substitute to another pause, whereas it's not a spoken pause. It's a sense you have now. There's a pause before you're in, before the agitation kicks into a reaction. There's a pause. There's a pause before you put your foot in your mouth once again. There's a pause before you say that really, really stupid thing. There's pauses. 
Yeah? And you can feel them. And if you take it, it's like an exit door out of a lot of fucking sorrow and pain. Yeah? And now you know where the exit door is. And when the pause shows up, just walk out. Take it, take it, take it. The person that you think is so sincerely knowing what's going on, you doesn't even know what happened. You don't even they fucking, they're in their own subjective experience. Yeah? Didn't you notice I was upset? No, I didn't really notice. Then you're not looking at me enough. Give me a break. You, know? you didn't even know you were upset. It's all mind. So, yes. I'm feisty today because I really had it. At least I want people, I don't want, you know, whatever. This is a piece of cod. I don't want it made into, I don't want new fins put on it. I don't want it like, oh, here's a book of how to do the cod better. No, I just, just take the cod. Yeah, see what, see if it you know, works out. And then it will lead you to find things that will help you along the way. Yeah. But hopefully you'll entertain if you need to. Just throw a subjective question in your day every once in a while. Like, maybe is this true or... You know, who is this happening to? Yeah. Who thinks this, this should be a different way? Find out. Yeah. Because that mind that seems to be acting that way is actually just an aspect of a mind that is the context, yeah? which is an unbelievable level of acceptance. Any questions? You feel it right now in the room? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess here's my question on that. Because I feel it here listening to you, and I feel it like maybe I'm helping a spot seat. Feel that kind of uh, power flowing through, like you were saying. But uh, where you start to lose it, or I start to lose it, I should say, is Question: There was no one who had the power. Yeah, and I guess, and I, and I, and I just, I do do that sometimes. And that seems I would do that because if there was no one who had the power, then there won't be a one who wants it back, and then it's always here. Seriously, for to be a self, you need things to be present and absent to get a sense of having them. You can't have something that's always there. <laughs> Obviously, you can have something because there's a belief that you could lose it. That's what gives it mental value. Yeah. If you entertain, I'm not the one who had it, or the one who wants it to come back, that sense of power, that your mind will recognize the availability of it more. That's my experience with it. Yeah? Once I realized what happened with me as the dream got happier in recovery, the concept of my power ended up to be it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. That was a pretty good one for me. And I haven't gotten a new concept since then. It's always available at all times and no requirement necessary to meet it. Mostly on your side, setting up the requirements because that's playing God. And of course your mind is playing God with God. You better believe it. <laughs> so I don't believe that there's any requirements to be accessing that space and it's available right where I am at all times, no matter where I am. Hallelujah, yeah? So 
what happens is this can be a progressive thing. Like if you heard what I said about you're dreaming yourself out of this dream, that would be a progression because this, this dream is of time. Yeah? So during the dream of time, there will be a progressive dreaming yourself out of it. So more and more, hopefully, you'll feel that power and less and less will you have the sense that you need to get it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I can say that's true. Like, yeah. So well, there you go. Ago, well, you're on it. Exactly. So. I guess uh, what my mind is telling me is I want to just get it towards perfect. Of course. Of course it <laughs> so does. Your mind wants enlightenment or something. It wants like a, a guaranteed advantage. <laughs> about being free from the need to be liberated. That's what it's really about. It's not about finding perfect liberation. It's really about being freed from the need to be liberated. What you are doesn't need to be liberated. What you're not needs to be liberated. That's what's dying to get at this as an advantage. Yeah. This is more about wearing things very loosely. You know, you know? Even when they seem super tight, they're still wearing that loosely. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, this has its all its conditioning. I flip out more about the New York Yankees than I do if my leg's probably broken. It's just the way I am. I have my emotions are about hating the Lakers and sports and pretty much anything else. Yeah? This thing is just a weird compilation of a lot of conditioning and aspects. I have nothing to do with it. There's no me involved in it. And so it's gotten a lot of permission to be exactly as it is. So in a sense, I'm more of an individual now appearing here than I ever was. Because this big mother mental hen has lift, left the egg. Because it's not me. Yes? I, the urban renewal project that my life was, based on my little mind take, has been, you know, it's been called off. No more funds available. No more building. No more condemning. No more adding. No more subtracting. No more comparing with other buildings. I could care less. I know what I like here, and I don't know what I, and I know what I don't like. And if I can navigate seemingly from what I don't like, I don't go there. If I can navigate into what I like, I surf a lot. I don't sit around going, should I be surfing this <laughs> Give me a break. That would make me so damn important that I have to go sit around and think, should I be surfing or not? <laughs> or should I be saving the world? It's baloney. You just lose interest in yourself, and you cannot believe how much and how many aspects of selfing there are until it starts dropping. You can't, self will not do, do its own inquiry justice on self. All it will turn into will be self-knowledge and, and it will avail you nothing like it says in recovery. Yeah? Self-knowledge avails us nothing. What? Knowledge does not avail us nothing, but knowledge claimed by self will avail us nothing. Yeah? Because it will never lead to the freedom of self. Never. It's just another bonding agent. You can have an incredible amount of wisdom about selfing and still, and the identification of self is in place. You're still bound to the idea of a self who has all this wisdom about selfing. Yeah? Yeah. There is no you. That's the good news. Because most of your worries and hemming and whoring and all your opinions about everything, your minds, is all based on that premise. There's a you. Why do you want to deal with that whole system? Just take the plug out of it, which I believe is identification of self. If that's, if that's moved, then the water, the, how it flows, will flow differently. What was a stagnant pool may become a river. Life happening to me may become seen as life is happening. Oh, it's a much nicer way to see it. I've had both, you know. I've experienced life from looking at it's happening to me. It was like I was the victim of all victims. I deserved to get loaded. You know, when I got arrested, I thought, 
don't they know who I am? Like, I had a sense for the town that I shouldn't get arrested. All this fucking crazy shit was up there. Yeah? Life was happening to me. It was such a small life. Yeah? Everything was fit around me. Then, life was happening. Like it says in AA, stop trying to fit circumstances around you, but fit you around circumstances. So when you fit you around circumstances, what is forgotten is you. <laughs> what if others focus on you? Hmm? What if others focus on you? Like family. Oh, yes. Well, that's why I'm in California, probably. So I can't really talk from experience on that. I'm not that engaged with my family. I worked really hard to make sure they didn't have any expectations of me since I was a young age. Seriously. I really was. I mean, my drug addiction was to let me off the hook of having to be responsible in a lot of ways. At least that's how my mind sees it. So my family, if I just show up for a wedding, that's, that's about as high of an expectation they have of me. And they didn't even have that of me about 10 years ago. Now, I, now they can sort of feel like I'm going to come to the wedding when I say I am. <laughs> and then that's all they ask of me. So I don't know about that, you know. I know that there's a, because of the mind's archetypical nature, family, and there's a lot of conditioning around family. So there, obviously, the selfing around that topic has more meaning than most topics, and most of the meaning is deep underneath, most, a lot of unconscious meaning that flares up, and you don't know what, actually what's going on to you. You feel weird or something. I remember when I used to go to New York when I was younger after my little affairs there. I'd be in New York City and then I'd take the train, Long Island Railroad, home. And as I was getting closer to Rockwell Center, I could feel like this cloak of identity come over me. Like a whole nother, like, ooh, it felt like, it was like a, almost like a liquid clothing. It was hitting over me. And I, by the time I hit Rockwell Center, I felt just like I used to feel in this. <laughs> It was just like, I felt like the bad guy, and this and that. yeah, it was incredible. So, the mind has, is all based on meaning, yes, and conditioning, and family stuff is a very deep conditioning, for sure, yeah. And then, you, and for me in the family, I had a lot of self-conscious, being self-conscious, which, which is how you think other people are viewing you as an object, see? I wasn't open to see how they were viewing me, I believed I knew how they were viewing me. I was the bad kid, and I had all the things that I felt people weren't forgiving me for, the non-forgiveness was here. I have an, like an Irish Catholic grandmother's morality in a fucking junkie's head. It's not a really good combination. I mean, I felt I was guilty, and sh really, there's no way in hell. In my life, I was convicted, and it was an airtight case. I could just mention one thing, and I had hundreds of things, where I did what... I would never wanted to do, and then I threw, you know, I locked myself in that cage and threw away the key. Life didn't have to punish me. I was very busily doing it myself. Yeah, and I don't know how I got all those ideas, but I had thousands of ideas of right and wrong, and thousands of ideas about everything. So it's not going to come from my experience, strength, and hope here. It came from conditioning. Yeah. I love the an Irish grandmother. She was my goddess. And, you know, uh, poured a lot of stuff into me. So I was a really weird person out there. I was doing a lot of quote-unquote bad things, but the guilt and shame were unbelievable. You know, I didn't, I wasn't like a, whatever you call it, a psychopath. I had a lot of conscience, but I just couldn't, you know, I wanted relief. The alcoholism was unbearable to me, and I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable that day. And I felt uncomfortable in my own skin, 
with alcohols and alcohol and drugs and and you know getting running around like crazy out there gave me a weird relief from it for a while. And after that point of take sucking that relief, the deal was done. Even when it became a job, I couldn't stop doing it. And it became a job for a long time. I was not partying anymore. It was an occupation. I had to get on. I had to just check out. It was unbearable to be conscious. Yeah. So I know what it's like to be taken over by something. And now what's happening, I've been taken over by something else. There's no I that's been taken over, but this is just a vehicle of expression. And what you're expressing is energy. You're expressing energy. Just like some people are expressing greed and malice and hatred. Yes, other people are expressing love. Other people can express clarity. Other people can express addiction or alcoholism. Yeah, we're just forms of expression here. And that is, they're more real than what they're expressing through. This is just a vehicle. But the expression, so to me, I found what I was attracting to take me over was rooted in the disease of alcoholism and the root of the disease of alcoholism is identification as self to me. So when I looked at that and I started entertaining, I may not be that, that allowed my, an, my antenna sort of to be freed from that K-Paul station and pick up other stations and now I'm expressing a totally different type of character than I did 20-something years ago. And I didn't go to school to do that or anything. There was just a shift in mind, yeah? I shifted out of the modality of self and shifted into some other modality. I have no idea what it is, but I sure like its roots better than the other one. Yeah. But not, there is no one that shifted out. There's just mind shifting. So what was expressing through me, something moved, my container moved underneath it, now that's expressing. Yeah. I am not of this, I am of that. I am the, uh, of the expression, not of how it's being expressed here. Yeah. It has to happen through a body here. This is a, we're in a dream. Yes? Yeah. the thing. You see, there's a lot of levels going on also. We'll take it from the Course of Miracle view, yeah? I'm not beholden to anything I say just to throw out the copyright thing. But in the Course of Miracles, there's different levels, yes? So mostly people, when we enter into AA recovery, we're on a consequential level, yes? There's a very deep ignorance. We don't know what's actually going on. We've been taken over by a parasite, in a sense, a mental parasite, and we're being used for transportation, yes? So we have to sort of, and we're in the modality of doing and having, for sure. Yeah? Then there's other aspects of the AA program that talk about another level, which is on page 63 and on page 84, where it says, you will cease fighting everyone and anything, 
you will be pushed, you'll be put in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort, meaning no doing or having on your part. You will, the problem will not exist for you anymore. It will be like a miracle, and you'll be sort of reborn. The same thing on page 62. So, in AA, there's levels also. There's the level of, you know, trudging and doing the steps and making the amends, doing the work, and there's obviously a sense that there's a you doing it and this and that. But some of the, when that happens, the shift of mind opens you up to other expressions that are like quantum. In other words, the problem will not exist for you. And to me, how that stabilizes is when the problem doesn't exist as you. When you truly see its identification as self and you're not that, then you can live as if the problem doesn't exist for you. Why people only have an experience that the problem doesn't exist for you? Because the, the real problem is it still exists, existing as them still. So it can only be an experience, yeah? But it can be, a, it can be a, a, an established state when you see it does not exist as you anymore. You're not a self, yeah? So there's quantum in, in recovery also. And in, like to me, I would say, if someone comes and they tell me their house is on fire and their whole life is going apart, I'm not going to talk about cease fighting everyone or anything. I'm going to tell them where a pail of water is, yeah? So they can put the fire out. So there's different levels. They're all made up but here, yeah? So it's important. To, you don't want to try to use like a level. Like you can't do and have yourself into what you are. It's impossible, Yeah? You can't do and have into being. That's what our society tries to tell us. Because we're nebulous. We actually have, we know value. So we're going to do and have ourselves into becoming a really valuable self-esteem. That's totally a level, a certain level. And it doesn't work when it comes to spirituality. Because you can't do and have yourself into being. You are being. Yeah? So the point is, is to find, you'll move, the dream will get happier. And what it does, it gets happier through progressing through levels. So you leave the, the consequential level, where it's not all based on doing and having, and you are now on another level, which is entertaining. It's just entertaining something. Yeah? Oh, it's really cool. And this is just a quantum leap from that. Yeah. There's no, it's not one better or the other, they're just different. Yes? But you're more and more, I feel you're getting more and more to the source when you're getting to the point of no thought or effort on your part, you're placed in the position of neutrality, you cease fighting everything and anyone. It doesn't just say alcohol, it says anything or anyone. In other words, it cease fighting a disease, cease fighting lack of money, cease fighting this, it could be anything, yes? That's a high, that's another level, yes? Well, that's the tricky thing, because the story can only come from the action figure. I mean, what I am can't speak. Really. This is just a, this is sort of like getting a message from a star and having it come through and then coming out this way. It really doesn't do the star's message justice. But my experience with it was I came into recovery, and I did a lot of stuff, and I had a lot of stuff, and I needed to do that. I had to get self-esteem. And I also needed a sense of belonging, which I didn't know I needed. And I came in AA, and I did everything, and I believed that there was a God, but I didn't think it was me. And I actually had a strong sense that I was bad. Yes? And that's how my mind was moving when I first got in. By doing the steps and starting to feel better, it got lighter and lighter. And then I went back to old things I used to do when I was young, like meditation and other things, and it got lighter and lighter. Until a point where I heard this message, before I heard, started looking at the Course, I got introduced to the Course 
really young, but I didn't really look at it. But I got the '97. I got introduced to it again. But before that, I got introduced to Advaita, a non-self. Yeah, that there is no. All there is is energy. There's no dualistic reality. Yeah, it's just perceptually made up by mind. I had gotten that, and I entertained it. Then I did the course, and I did the course, a lot of it. I didn't do all the lessons, but I was engaged heavily in it for years. And then I went back to the Advaita thing and entertained that more and more and more. 